0: Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church New Bern Podcast. My name is Paul Scott Chernitsky, and I am joined by my guest host today, Catherine Campbell, our Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministry.
1: Hey, Paul Scott.
0: What's up, Catherine Campbell?
1: The sky.
0: Um, uh. it's, it's a cold blue sky out, out there. It's really cold today. We're recording between services on Sunday, and uh, we're having a little cold snap.
1: This morning I uh, started it by going and checking on my horses because for the first time we had to put their blankets on. It was so cold and they were very grumpy before their blankets, but they were toasty and warm after.
0: Oh no! I want. I should have been there at your farm at sunrise this morning, getting the the cold air coming out of the cows' like nostrils. Oh yeah, it that's, was. That's impressive. a video shot that I'm dreaming to get. I just need to like get going. Well, uh, here we are in January. Um, uh, Anna's tr- off traveling on a Yoda adventure in the mountains or something. I don't. I don't know where she.
1: Ring Lake Ranch. I, I think it's in Wyoming. Don't quote me. I don't
0: think it is. said no? s- I asked about Wyoming this Montana? year. And she said no. I'm, it could be South Carolina. Who knows.
1: Definitely not South Carolina. Okay, definitely That's not. Charleston. Okay,
0: she's gone. So you're our guest, and I and I just want to know like what's going on with the youth because we haven't talked about we haven't talked to youth in, in a while. So what's coming up?
1: We have a busy spring um, coming up. We have regular youth group, uh, which is always fun and exciting. This year we doubled up on our salt, which is service and learning together, which are grades three through five. So they have twice as many meetings this year than they've had in the past. Um, so tonight we have salt, and we have youth group, which is grade 6 to 12. Um, but we have a couple special things coming up. Uh, on February 4th, we have Scout Sunday. So we have our Scouts of America and our Girl Scouts, and they'll all come together and they'll help lead our worship service, doing things like ushering and speaking our liturgy from the pulpit. Uh, and we'll have a cookie fellowship after worship. I was
0: going to say selfishly, also... That's great, and then Lord, there'll be cookies like out here in between, right?
1: I think I bought ten boxes last year. Ten boxes of Thin Mints, oh, specifically.
0: Okay. So you're supporting a good cause.
1: Absolutely, um, our scouts do a lot of service work in the community, and part of their badges that they earn are religious oriented. So we uh, try to support our scouts in their endeavors. And then after that, February 11th, we have a busy February. Uh, we have our Super Bowl. S-O-U-P-E-R, super. And we will have a special offering for Religious Community Services, which is one of our local uh, community kitchens, uh, emergency shelters, clothing closet, you name it, and we'll be supporting their ministry of feeding people by collecting a special offering. And then we're going to enjoy some soup ourselves because there will be a little bit of competition. Who has the best soup?
0: Yeah, nice. I don't really follow the sports ball too much.
1: Uh, Go Chiefs because that's Taylor's team.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, And it's, you know, my whole family is from Kansas City. So I should. Yeah, go Chiefs.
1: Go Chiefs. Yeah,
0: Go go Chiefs. I don't know. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that's something. Okay. That's exciting. Um, Well, we look forward to that stuff. And uh, good talking to you.
1: Same. Always.
0: All right. We hope you have a great week, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next week.
2: Our gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel. We're in the first chapter, reading from verses 14 through 20. You can follow along in your pew Bibles in the New Testament section, if you would like, on page 35. These words that I will read are an updated version of the text that you have in front of you. Listen for God's word for God's people this morning. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. As Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending their nets. Immediately Jesus called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I want to let you in on a story of a young man named Andrew Forstoffel. Andrew grew up in Chadsforth, Pennsylvania. He graduated from college with no sense of what to do next. His four years at Middlebury College, he said, had confused him even more than he was before, and he left that well-made path his parents had afforded him because he said it wasn't satisfying. A millennial from suburbia, Andrew lamented that he didn't even know his closest neighbors. Everyone seemed so anonymous to everyone else. Everyone lived close to one another, but they were too busy working or entertaining themselves to connect with each other. So Andrew wanted to see more. He wanted to know more. He wanted to meet people. And even though he thought it cliché, he decided that the best way to confront his dissatisfaction was to walk across America. So, at 23 years of age, Andrew Forstoffel stepped out of his back door and he began walking south. He took a backpack, not too small, not too big, he filled it with the bare necessities and he set out. His goal was to walk the backways and avoid the anonymous highways but he had no destination I know Andrew Forstoffel because, or of him at least, because one of the people he stayed with along the way is a friend and mentor of mine, a fellow Presbyterian pastor Andrew was passing through Greenville, South Carolina and one of Andrew's previous host, mentioned this friend and mentor of his and mine, and thought that Matt and Matthews, Reverend Matt and Matthews, might give him a bed for the evening. So he and his wife, Rachel, obliged. They were intrigued, though, but like many of Andrew's hosts, he met along the way they were a bit skeptical about inviting a perfect stranger into their home. Who walks across the country anyway? That's one of the questions I'm sure they asked themselves. They wondered if Andrew had all his marbles. (laughs) I, I like Andrew Forstoffel for several reasons. His desire for long walks and slow conversations His cross-country journey was a kind of self-protest. Andrew thought he needed a larger life. He needed to walk away from his too small experience as an anonymous neighbor and a disenchanted college graduate. He wanted to live his life rather than have his life lived for him. So he set out and with only one goal in mind, to learn from the people he met on his journey. Andrew fixed a small sign to the top of his pack that read, Walking to Listen. He wanted to meet people where they are, to catch them how they're living their lives right where they are, He set out to collect stories from those who crossed his path. With a wide open perspective, Andrew Forstoffel gave himself to going without knowing. A disciple, biblically speaking, is a learner, not a learner in the academic sense, but someone in a living, walking, growing relationship with another human being. One who dedicates her or himself to learning a trade, perhaps, or a way of life from another, who spends slow and careful and intentional time besides someone more experienced than they. Scripture's idea of a disciple is an apprentice a student of a master a skilled one a disciple apprentice watches their master carefully and and learns his or her ways and practices them workshops them we're all disciples of many things all of us in fact Everyone, whether they've ever realized it or not, is a disciple of someone or something. We're never not learning from someone or something. And in the context of our faith, whether we've ever realized it or not, when we call ourselves disciples, we are saying that we are those who learn and work as apprentices under the tutelage of Jesus our master craftsmen. Discipleship is a learning, growing relationship where we live under the guidance and instruction of our teacher, and we dedicate our every day and our every moment to paying attention to the ways of Jesus. And like all apprentices, discipleship takes every bit of our day, every bit of our focus, our entire mind and heart, because the student soaks herself in in the life and ways of her teacher. We learn how to use our hands and our minds because we are immersed in day in and day out apprenticeship. And we can't but help learn to see the world through the eyes of the one we're learning from. So are we to throw all of ourselves into the careful and meticulous learning as apprentices of Jesus. Friedrich Nietzsche calls biblical discipleship a long obedience in the same direction. A disciple is one who places him or herself on the way of jesus and develops a way of life centered around jesus see ours is a walking faith ours is a directional faith disciples don't take stances they take steps we aren't we are apprenticed to jesus And as his disciples, our task and invitation is to move forward under the provision of his instruction to listen closely to his direction and follow as he guides. Steps, not stances. Think of the Genesis story of Abram and Sarai. God told them to leave home to walk away from all that they knew and go. So they set out from where they were and what they were used to and toward something and some, somewhere else. And God promised them that with each step they took, another blessing would unfold. Blessings in front of Blessings but God never told Abram and Sarai where they were headed, what the destination was. Abram and Sarai would have to wait for the fulfillment of those blessings too, but they must start the journey not knowing. Abram and Sarai's first steps are not toward anything, but away from everything they knew. And that's the risk that we, the people of God, take whenever we set out in faith. Faith means following. Faith means going without knowing. At the heart of faith lies trust. Trust that with each one of our wandering steps, we are being taken closer to God. Toward God, toward more, toward a a fuller future. That was Jesus' call to his first disciples. Leave your nets and boats and follow me. And they did. I will show you how to fish for people. To fish for people, that, that is the calling, that's the vocation of a disciple. Now, we have to figure out what that means in our own context. Change the metaphor if you need. I have a hunch that the only reason Jesus used a fishing metaphor is because, well, he was talking to fishermen. If Jesus was talking to construction workers, he might have said, come and follow me. I'll show you how to dig for people and build a new kingdom. And if he was talking to a bunch of chiropractors, he might have said, come, follow me, I'll show you how to turn your crooked hearts and lives back into proper alignment. (laughs) So change the metaphor as you would like. The point is that Jesus wants us to change our why, our purpose. And his call upon our lives isn't merely about doing something. It's about being something. Friends, Jesus calls us from where we are, from where we are and how we are, being who we are, and then he takes us farther, changing our focus, or expanding our purpose, apprenticing us in the way until we realize that the yes that we've said to Jesus transforms the way and the reason we see and do everything. I have found that the journey of faith is not described in terms of years lived or miles logged or anything else accumulated along my way. The journey of faith, rather, is made up of single steps each one counting, each one adding meaning and purpose to the next and to the one before it, and each one full of its own lessons and setbacks, victories and dust-ups, the ones that heal us as well as the ones that break us or the ones that somehow do both at the same time. What I have learned is that Jesus will lead us along our winding and wobbling way as we walk to listen. Now, for most of us, our version of dropping our nets and following Jesus, this this going without knowing, will look different. Most of us aren't meant to walk away from our lives as we know them. But we do come and go, don't we? We leave and, and we arrive in so many senses of those words. So maybe it's not so much that we're called to relocate or, or change jobs or switch around the particulars of our life at all, but are called to reconsider the purpose and meaning of what our lives are made of and to re-examine the why behind it all in light of Christ's walk or call to walk along with him. I wonder if our call to be disciples of Jesus means dropping the nets we're caught up in, all those heavy things we drag around with us that only ensnare us, entangle us, all those small things that take up way too much of our time and attention, and distract us from seeing how Jesus is always approaching us, saying, leave it behind and come follow me. Perhaps it's that we need to get out of our own way. It could be that some of us are trapped inside nets of our own making and we need to be unwound from them It could be that dropping our nets and following Jesus means leaving behind all of those fears that have kept us stuck in place for way too long. Maybe the call to drop our nets means getting untangled from the noise of the world and our preoccupations with everything out there that's meant to make less of us, everything that that compromises our belovedness and distracts us from God's purposes for us so we can be more receptive to the voice of Jesus. It could be that going without knowing means getting out of our own way so that Jesus can become our way. And that's not a bad prayer. What if before we rolled out of bed in the morning we prayed a prayer like that? Jesus, become my way today. Jesus, become my way today. That is not the prayer of a casual follower, or a sightseer, or a spiritual tourist. Those are the words of an apprentice, a disciple on the Jesus way. May we be caught up in the Jesus vocation, this slow apprenticeship in holiness, this long obedience in the same direction, this going without knowing. All praises to the one who made it all and finds it beautiful. Alleluia. Amen. Friends, may God go before you to lead you. May God go behind you to protect you. May God go beneath you to support you. May God go beside you to befriend you. And all along this disciple's way, do not be afraid. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia. Amen.